Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Almost heaven. Big 12 this morning, Sirius XM, Channel 375, along with Fozzie Whitaker, I am Ari Temkin. Let's talk a little West Virginia with Mike Asty, West Virginia Sports Now. What's going on, Mike? How are you? Doing well, guys. How are you? It's a uh, beautiful Monday where I am, and college football season is finally here, so not much complaints. Yeah, um, and a game week for West Virginia where they're going to play a top-10 team in Penn State, so I guess welcome to the 2023 season, Neil Brown. <laughs> yeah, to say the very, very least, Neil Brown actually said last week, and I quote, we're not easing into this thing. And obviously referring to a lot of teams around the country either having that be their FCS game or playing teams that they figure they're going to be, whereas West Virginia is going on the road, top 10, defending Rose Bowl champ, national TV, and third straight year, they go on the road against a Power 5 regional rival or away from home to open up the year last year, of course, also on national TV in the back of their brawl in Pittsburgh. So, no, they are not easing into this season by any means. Mike, whenever you look at it, obviously there has been a ton of questions uh, surrounding that quarterback position. It's one of the few teams within the Big 12 that has an open competition between uh, two or three guys that could win that spot. So out of your curiosity, what have you been able to diagnose throughout camp? And uh, I know it's kind of close to the vest, but who do you think will be named that that outright starter for them whenever they do play on Saturday against Penn State? Yeah, unfortunately, if we were speaking three hours from now, I would have an answer because another <laughs> thing that's pretty common to start a college football season, Neil Brown keeps his quarterback close to the vest, doesn't tell anybody until days before game time. And this year it was Garrett Green versus Nico Martell, so a four-star recruit who was a true freshman last year, Nico and Garrett Green, who's been there a while under Jared Deggy, under JT Daniels, who he lost to last year, but everyone kind of knew. And the difference of this battle versus the other ones, this is actually the first time under Neil Brown, West Virginia did not bring in a veteran transfer quarterback from another program. Austin Kendall, JT Daniels, even Jared Deggy was a transfer. This is all homegrown talent that he recruited. And he's actually done pretty okay in terms of recruiting, despite the wins and losses not being there. So we really get to see what he can do. For me, and I've always felt this way, I think I've told you guys this before, I think Garrett Green's going to be the starter. I've always felt Garrett Green's going to be the starter. Everyone kind of knows Garrett Green's going to be the starter, and we're kind of talking and writing is figuring he's going to be the starter. The experience edge that he has, the fact he did play in big games last year, and despite a 5-7 and seven season, he did win some big games. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, he was the quarterback there. I think that gives him the edge. I will say throughout spring ball, fall camp, the whole offseason, we kept hearing this is all about which guy is going to minimize mistakes. I don't think they think they're going to win games single-handedly because of the QB to go have a Heisman run and score 40 points for you and 400 yards passing and four TDs. But they don't want a guy to ruin a game for them and kill them. And Garrett Green does have a propensity, and coaches have talked about this, of having a real high ceiling and real big plays can really spark you. 
but also doesn't want to let a play die, can really hurt you, can make mistakes. Top 10 team, we're going to see a lot of tests on that. And Nico may be a little more careful with the football. But I think Nico's just not ready. It'll be Garrett. But I will say, if West Virginia gets destroyed by Penn State and, and Garrett plays poorly, not just they lose, but Garrett plays poorly, and then, of course, a half probably against Duquesne in the FCS game, and then he doesn't play well against Pitt, and they lose that game, which I think actually is a winnable game, and most around the program think so, I wouldn't then be shocked if he switches up and, and then goes to Nico because I think there's a short leash, but Garrett has the edge right now. You know, I'm, I'm curious, just like overall expectations, you know, there's probably not a specific yeah. number in mind, but if there was, you know, what what's a number in terms of wins that allows Neil Brown to keep his job here? Yeah, and if you asked athletic director Ren Baker, he would give you that answer, that I'm not going to put a win total bar on it because then if we don't hit the win total bar but everyone feels good about things, then I'm, you know, left with my tail between my legs and I got to make a decision I don't want to make. So he doesn't want to corner himself like that. But this is a year evaluation for Brown. Ren Baker has even admitted that on my show months ago. I would assume, based on what I'm hearing, knowing, and being around the program, if this team gets a bowl appearance, so six wins, with, according to PFF, the third hardest schedule in the entire country, I do think that probably will keep Neil Brown's job, certainly if they win the bowl game. If they get to seven or more wins, I would be willing to bet you money he's definitely staying. But if they have a losing season and it's below six and five and seven or worse, then I do definitely think he's gone. But everyone there around the program wants this to work out. Everyone likes Neil Brown. And I do think Ren Baker is included, even though he didn't hire him. So I think a, a bowl appearance and a winning season would get him a little bit more time, even though it's below expectations for West Virginia as a program throughout its history. But Anything less, even though everyone likes him, this would not be a debate like last year. He definitely would be gone, regardless of Rodney Gallagher and a four-star coming in who wants to only play for Brown. That wouldn't matter. They would have to have a winning season. But I think it would be pretty polarizing. I think if they go 6-6, six and six, the fans will still want Brown fired, but I think the program will keep him. Even if they don't extend him, they will keep him for one more year because they'll argue the schedule was so tough and that a bowl game is a big step up from last year. Mike, I'm very curious to uh, get your assessment as well. Prior to last year, uh, this West Virginia team could hinge a lot of success on what the defense was able to do, and that defense typically did very well holding opponents somewhere between 20 and 23 points per game. Uh, But last year, we Mm -hmm. saw that kind of shoot up where they averaged almost 33 (laughs) points, giving up 33 points a game. So. Uh, what's your thought process on the strides and improvement that you've seen from the defense and, and how would they uh, improve on this upcoming season? Yeah, I think for people that don't follow West Virginia closely, that's, you know, for fans out there, that's exactly maybe what's kind of gone under the radar. Everyone talks about the offense struggling and JT Daniels didn't work out and oh my God. But the first two games of the season last year against Pitt and Kansas, both bowl teams and good teams, mm-hmm. West Virginia scored off the top of my head, like a combined 80 points or so. The defense was just awful. So the defense is really why that season went off the rails. And prior to last year, no matter how many games they were winning under Brown, bowl year or not, the defense was really, really good. This year, though, Dante still has gone. 
I do actually think this defense could be better. The coaches argue they have more depth. So players that were under stills before in Eddie V and Sean Martin, the backups, they look good. They got PT last year and they're supposed to step up. But even Aubrey Burks, there are some around the country nationally or even the coaches who think this guy has an NFL ceiling if he really has a big year. He's been called a ball hawk. He was there last year but didn't get his hands on the ball enough. You bring in transfers like Montre Miller. You bring in Beanie Bishop, who told us when he was in the Big Ten at Minnesota last year, they kind of sold him a bill of goods. He thought he would be a top corner. He thought he'd be a returner. He thought he'd be in packages to get his hands on the ball and be like a, you know, a Deion Sanders type that he wants to be, the big personality. He didn't think they put him in the position to do that. So he wants that at WBU, and they want him to be that. So I think there are pieces to make this deeper, and the main thing they got to do is create turnovers. They didn't do it last year. The big win over Virginia Tech, they did do it. Colby Spells got the pick there. That's another player that could step up. So because last year was so bad, whether an offense or defense, the blessing in disguise of that year is players that weren't supposed to play on a good team got a lot of playing time in, and that's experience that others maybe on other teams wouldn't have in those roles. If they step up and the transfers play well and they get lucky, they could have a much better year and should be defensively. But you don't have a major star like Dante Stills. Mm -hmm. So it obviously is harder. So who, you know, in your eyes are some guys that will step up this year, some guys that are maybe relative unknowns that will, you know, could, could play well this year. Sure. Well, I did mention Beanie Bishop and Aubrey Burke, so those two definitely are included. Sure. Um, I would say Lee, Lee Copa, who is a linebacker and one of the mm-hmm. main mainstays at that position. Not many veterans there. That's a weak spot on the defense, but if that's going to be okay, he could really step up and have a much bigger year. That's expected for the team. And I would say on offense, Cole Taylor, an SEC transfer, Neil Brown's called him you know, open by birth because of his size. He wants to be a pass-catching tight end. West Virginia hasn't had a pass-catching tight end since either Wesco or you could argue Anthony Beck 20-plus years ago. They want to use him as that. If they do, he could have a big year. T.J. Donaldson could explode that everyone's aware of. But, but I think Cole Taylor really could have a big year, and I don't think anyone really was talking about him in the SEC at LSU with how he was used. Um, and even, you know, Sean Martin, if he gets healthy that I mentioned earlier, there are players that they could definitely step up that either weren't there last year or are now going to be in, in bigger roles. But I would say if this West Virginia team is a bull team or better and the offense plays well, Cole Taylor's numbers are what to look at. And he's got to have a year as a tight end in which he is also used as a receiver. Brown says he'll do it. He looks good at camp. He looked good at spring ball. He can catch the ball. We'll see. Brown hasn't actually used that position to do that yet in his tenure. Mike, I got one more for you, and this one kind of takes it away from ball just a little bit. Uh, we heard a little mm-hmm. back and forth between Arizona State uh, and obviously <laughs> West Virginia uh, back whenever right. Arizona State announced uh, their, their move. Uh, what are your expectations? Is that a new rivalry that has been created between these two programs? <laughs> and, and what can we expect moving forward? You know, I love the fight and the passion. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was kind of cool in a way, honestly. I mean, you have the whole 
Arizona State issue of their athletic director and, and university president having a press conference outside. And honestly, guys, it, it didn't feel like two people that wanted to be in the Big 12. They would say, oh, it's great to mm-hmm. be there, but, you know, we hate traveling, basically, and we wish the Pac right. could be around. So it's kind mm-hmm. of funny. Honestly, I'm in the minority a little bit. I do think it was overblown because I don't think he was necessarily saying Morgantown's location is trash. He just kind of doesn't like to travel. He did also criticize Syracuse three minutes earlier. Granted, they're not in the Big 12. But West Virginia fans didn't like it. Ren Baker had to call him. They had to talk about it. He's going to come. If he wasn't before, whether it be soccer or football, they're going to talk back and forth. The fans will think it's a rivalry for sure. I don't know what Arizona State fans feel. And unfortunately for Arizona State fans and the team, we obviously won't see that in the bowl game this year, regardless of the future of the conference with Arizona State mm-hmm. self-imposed ban, so they're out of the postseason this year. But <laughs> it's a cool story to have, and I actually do think that if we have to have conference realignment and expansion and some are annoyed by it, at least people are upset you're losing rivalries, as you guys mentioned. Yeah, maybe you're getting one. Maybe West Virginia now can have a rivalry against the Arizona State program, and let's face it, even when West Virginia's down, they should beat them most of the time. So maybe that's a rivalry they can add on that they didn't have before, can win most of those games, and can be fun for fans. But I don't know if it was as ridiculous as it was being made to be, but the fans absolutely <laughs> did not like it. It's West Virginia against the world for Mountaineer fans. Yeah, that, that classic Arizona State-West Virginia rivalry. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, yeah. Classic Arizona State West Virginia rivalry for sure. We'll 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 see uh, what that ends up being uh, in the future. Yeah. Uh, Mike Asty, West Virginia Sports Now uh, on Twitter at Mike Asty eleven. Appreciate your time, Mike. Be well, man. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Thanks, Mike. Absolutely, guys. Yeah, to be talking to you again soon. But yeah, have a good day. You too, bud. Thank you. Good stuff there from Mike Asty. Um, yeah, and, and Fozzie, I'm glad you brought that up. That was. Uh, Interesting to go after West Virginia specifically that Arizona State that yeah I mean didn't I guess wasn't that excited to be joining the Big Twelve I guess it beats the alternative it's Big Twelve this morning Sirius XM channel three seventy five Thank you for listening to Believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform check us out at Believe dot com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.